So, orals. Good reasons for orals. You can hide them from your mum. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I are going to discuss three good reasons to use orals. We're asked about using BPC and other supplements to speed the healing from gyno surgery. We have a listener that proposes to run a bunch of gear to fix a pinched nerve. Will that work? Kidney problems on anabolics. We've got a listener who's depressed, literally just went through a breakup, and now he proposes to jump on a cycle. What are our thoughts on that? Plus, a bunch more. If you're new to our content, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. We have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week featuring experienced coaches, educators in our industry, and IFBB pros. We're all here to help you do better at the sport that we love. Have a lot of fun on the podcast, and plus, we try to help keep you safe in the process. All right, guys, let's get to the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. All of our programming is brought to you by you, the people at Patreon. Thank you for your support over there. Uh, I'll have links below if you want to check out the Patreon. We are brought to you by uh, evalbloodanalysis.com. You can get your lab work done by Dave. Ask him about the free pizza. He'll tell you all about it. Of course, go to uh, Strong Sports Nutrition if you're in the UK as well. Uh, you can get really good supplements over there. And uh, supplementsource.ca for our Canadians. And last but not least, go to truenutrition.com, our title sponsor. Use our code THINK and get some literally every protein powder under the sun at nearly like wholesale prices. Plus our code THINK to get a discount. Dave, I've got a question for you today. What are three good reasons to use oral steroids? And then, of course, we've got our listener questions. And if you're new here, we'd love to have you along. So subscribe. Get to see Dave a little more often. Three good reasons. Because we think of a lot of reasons not to take them. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So can I say something before we answer the question? Because I've just remembered something. Well, of course you can. Big eval news coming next week. <laughs> Wait. And I, I will announce it first on the podcast. Wait. So you didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. I didn't, what did I you say? You I'm going to make an announcement next week. So what you should have said is, before we answer the question, can I tell everybody that I'm going to tell everybody about something later? That's what, That's what you just said. Yeah. Okay. So next week... There's going to be, or there might not be actually, it depends how well Thursday goes this week. But no, so next week I am hoping to be able to announce something pretty okay. effing huge. Anyway, uh, no, I'm not telling you off air. You can wait like everybody else. So I didn't you. ask. I don't effing care. I don't care you what your do. news is. You do. You've been messaging me all day now. <laughs> tell, me. tell me what it is. Go on. Why don't you tell him that? Dave, tell me the news. Uh, Dave. So, orals. Good reasons for orals. You can hide them from your mum. <laughs> yeah you can a little easier well let's, let's be honest um, if we're going to be completely honest there, there are a couple of major factors that influence people using only orals and well, one you say of them is only orals because you could be doing an injectable cycle know, and you're looking I for know, another compound I'm just saying in this section alright just shut up okay. listen for once and, and one of the reasons very often is that people don't want to inject. And two, a very big reason is I'm living at home and I don't want my mum to find out. And they can store orals much easier than they can injectables and needles and syringes and everything that goes with it. 
there's a lot less of a stigma. If your mom found a bag of pills or a bottle of pills, she's not going to freak out as much as if she found a, yeah. a, a vial and some needles, you know? There is that. Yeah. So that is true. What are, these, what are these, Scott? Oh, it's ecstasy. Oh, that's fine then. No problem. See you later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, they are a very convenient format, you know? Um, and all piss taking aside, they are. I mean, they're simple. They're tablets. They're easy to take. They're very portable. There's no special requirement for when you take them. You know, you can take them when you're driving. You can take them in a bloody airplane. The, the, the point is, you you don't need any privacy to consume the drug. Have you, you taken oral them. steroids while driving? Yes. Yeah, I have too. I'm I'm insulin. On the way to the gym, and it's and insulin. I've done insulin shots while I'm driving. Let's not talk about your insulin and driving experiences. I don't think that you're necessarily the uh, the picture of. Uh, of ideal insulin driving. Uh, I've done M train while I'm driving. Anyway, no, let's move on. Um, I got one. I got one for a quick reaction. Let's say that you're three weeks out from uh, the Arnold amateur and um, you want to create more of a cosmetic drier, harder look or four weeks out. We could throw in some winstrel and you're definitely going to get a fast effect and you're not going to need to have planned it. 10 weeks out or eight weeks out, boom, we drop the Winnie in and uh, within a couple of weeks, your cosmetic look has changed. Obviously that's temporary. We've gotten questions about like the cosmetic look and does that last? No, no, it lasts while you're on it. You get a drier, harder, veinier look. Uh, that's not something that like the muscle didn't do that. It's more like how the fluid is being held, you know? The, they are a secondary action. They they interact with a completely different receptor than the AR, apart from one order, which I think oh, is it Anavar? Is it Anavar that engages with the AR? I can't remember. I don't know. But otherwise, they engage with the genomic and non-genomic receptors in muscle tissue. So you're actually creating a second growth pathway. They don't even know how some of that stuff works. I think it was no. Scott had said. I think it was Anadrol that they had this test where. They basically had like um, a dye on the anadrol, you know, I think it was anadrol so that it would light up with, uh, you know, when they would do a scan and they looked at the, uh, the receptor, the androgen receptor, and it wasn't binding to the androgen receptor. Yeah, no. it was, we know that anadrol is doing something really strong. It didn't bind the way, say, testosterone would. No, there's, uh, there is one oral, which I think is Anavar, that binds with the androgen receptor. The rest of them bind with genomic and non-genomic receptors. Um, so it's effectively helping create pre-muscle cells. Hmm. And as so far as Scott said, we don't even completely know like exactly what it's doing. No, it, I mean, there's definitely a secondary action. Um, it is separate from the standard AR interaction that you get from an injectable. So as a result, by adding an oral into a cycle, you are giving another layer of chemical yeah. uh, influence there. So uh, Different angle versus like more of the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. All right. So there's three. That's two. Well, that was two. No, that was that three. You're three. right. You're right. That was three. Can we think yeah. of any more? You don't. You don't well, like kickstarting. 
You don't like kickstarting, but it would give you a fast, well, I said fast reaction. So that could be into yeah, a show I mean, or to get a cycle started or to go mm, into a powerlifting meet or whatever you're doing. You can mm, influence the system quickly, you know? So I guess we they're, fa- they're fast in, fast out. They're convenient. They, they, they get, they offer a separate um, route of anabolic action. Um, I mean, I think probably the biggest driver around anabolics is the convenience in every aspect of that, you know, not just only in storage and use, but also in the fact that they are in and out quickly. And as a result, they can be very useful for mild or, or short-term manipulation of situations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, use, I use them on powerlifting plans for, for competition where I'll drop the orals in, you know, around training days or, or just pre-show uh, just to take them up that next level of, of anabolics when they're just getting into the show. All right. Let's see what else we have here. Let's see. Ryan says BPC-157 um, dose for wound healing. Having gyno removed Thursday and want to heal and recover as fast as possible. Oh, and before we get to that, you know what? I have to mention this. I meant to do this at the beginning of the show. Um, we got a comment here. It said, Scott, the show from yesterday at Elite FTS was great. And especially for me, uh, the part about your dic- addiction was very interesting because I was also addicted. And today I celebrate my 400 days of abstinence. Uh, a great guest for the show in the context would be Antoine. Uh, greetings from Switzerland. Okay. Yeah. Antoine would be good for that. And congratulations to you uh, on your recovery. And also I wanted to say thank you to everybody, Dave, because I made a post and I was like, listen, guys, I'm going on this podcast with Dave Tate at Elite FTS. I'll put a, a link to that here if you guys want to check it out. And I was like, listen, I need all of the Cabbage crew to come over and to comment. Comment the hell out of this thing. And guess what, Dave? They did. So they supported me and I appreciate that. Well, nice. you're all a bunch of traitorous. So cough, what are you? <laughs> anyway, though, back to Ryan. So BPC 157 dose. Uh, recovering as fast as possible, he says. And he says, uh, any other supplements for wound healing I should be looking into? I have a bunch of vitamins and minerals on the way, like A, E, B, uh, calcium, copper, and zinc. I would go TB. I wouldn't go BPC. And I would go GH or something that's going to stimulate GH release. So either a secretary. Or, or something of that nature, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking at BPC for soft tissue. I'd just say let it heal, man. You know. Well, I think t- TB definitely helps with soft tissue. BBC is definitely much more tender and ligament based. Um, it's not that it won't do something, but you're gonna get much better value for money out of TB. I remember somebody saying, <coughs> talking about like the additional collagen that AAS will lay down, and talking mm-hmm. about like if you're using a bunch of Anivar and then you get acne, and then you end up, while you're on the anivar, and then these you know spots are healing, that you may build up more scar tissue than you would have otherwise in the repair process. And I've heard that if you can, you can overdo growth hormone, that you can actually thicken scars. So it would be something I'd almost be like, man, you know, just try to be healthy. Maybe take well, some collagen, I would only, get it from True Nutrition, would, use our code THINK, you know. 
I'd, I, w- I would only look at one or two RU and GH every other day anyway in a, a repair basis. I wouldn't be wanting to run any more than that. Okay, I think it's important you say that. You know what I mean? Otherwise, we're thinking like, yes, yeah, so maybe I'll take five or ten and recover no, even no, faster. No, 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 you know? Sorry, I apologize. Which is why, to be honest, which is why I said Secretary is more than GH itself because you get a limitation on production then if you're only relying on stimulating your own GH. Yeah. yeah. You can't produce huge amounts. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I, I agree. Lower dose and, and collagen. I would definitely take collagen. I think that that could only be helpful, you know, uh, probably in that case. So I used to use 30 grams a day and I've backed that down to like 15, 20. But in the case of trying to recover from an injury, I would probably go back up to, to 30 grams. So it would probably be my game plan there. Let's see what else we got. Apparently, Matt, Matt and Michelle want to know where the cabbage is. So the cabbage was thrown at my daughter's head. It contacted successfully, but now I don't know where cabbage is. Ah, okay. Sorry if you guys hear some knocking. I'm getting a new storm door put in right now. God, uh, you're so unprofessional. Look at this guy's profile picture. Can we get you a horse head like that, Dave? You sure that's not you? <laughs> he says, pinched nerve, muscles atrophied, literally going this afternoon to get epidurals to fix the pinch. I'm on TRT. However, right lat and pec have shrunk. I'm going to jump on a cycle and try to grow them back ASAP. Any pointers on what compounds you recommend? I have D-ball, Oxhe. Sust, test probe, test anethate, trend, and mast. Of that picture. No cycle. Yep. With you, Dave. Why? Because it's going to grow and recover naturally straight away as soon as the nerve impingement is released. As soon as your nerves start functioning properly and you regain muscle control, it will restore itself. Yeah, and I don't know if getting an epidural is going to fix it. Do you know what I mean? It says to f- epidural to fix the pinch. I think that's yeah, more not, of a pain not, relief, right? I'm not sure what he means by that, but once you have that, if you have the nerve pinch released and therefore you have correct muscular control returned, then that muscle will regrow, recover back to its former size pretty quickly. You definitely don't need anabolics on it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. In fact, I think it could be counterproductive and you could make things worse because if it, you know, epidurals, I think going to probably just limit the pain. Not well, really the, fix the, other the problem. problem right? the, so the other problem as well is when you've got a muscle imbalance like that because of a nerval problem where one muscle is atrophied and is weaker, if you try and train on that, you're only going to increase the muscle imbalance and you're going to start creating problems and tightness in other muscles. Yeah. What you're much better doing is doing a very low maintenance workload on the opposing side or anything associated with that muscle grouping and focus on single work on the weak side until it's restored. Then once it's restored, you can then go back to dual work at full effort. But if you try and do full effort on both sides, your dominant side will take the workload more than the, the negative side you'll find the dominant side will definitely start to overdevelop if anabolics are in place. You'll create muscle imbalances, which will end up being or resulting in injuries and tightness and all sorts of other problems can go down the line. So you're much better working single arm 
on that side, get it functioning right, get it recovered, base maintenance everywhere else, and then once you've gone through that point, then look at your cycle and move forward from that. Okay. Foamy urine problems. Uh, question for the next kitty, show. Kitty check. Hi, Dave and Scott. Thank you for dropping knowledge bombs and educating the aspiring strong people of the world. Uh, can the following medications be used safely in someone with kidney problems? And then as far as medications, he lists 250 test HCG, 500 to 1,000 IU a week, uh, anestrozole, one to two milligrams a week. My steroid doctor says they are okay. I have quite foamy urine trace protein. EGFR is over 90, but has been below 70. If you actually have diagnosed kidney problems, I personally feel anything above legit in-range TRT is idiotic. And the reason I say that is kidneys don't fix. Hmm. You fuck them up. You're welcome to a shitty world. Language. I watch the language, Dave. No. Okay. You, you, you're not going to put yourself in a good position in life. Maybe slightly unpleasant. There. Is that better? That's better. You've. I know you've had to keep your test low. I. I knew a guy from the gym, who. Uh, he just. He never ran a ton of gear, as far as he told me, and he didn't. See, he was not educated. Put it this way. He ran 500 sust through the year in the winter and then and those would be his cycles and then in the summer he would add trend to that and he never took an ai ever okay to control estrogen he used diuretics he was like yeah i, get, I just get some water and i just take diuretic and it helps to keep me dry and look good in the gym anyway he uh he goes to get into the police force and uh during his training he has to do blood work and they find out that he has a kidney issue and literally the doctor pulled him off all tests, like everything. There was zero test in his body. And after like a year, they finally got him back on like a minuscule dose. But they had to watch him really closely. The poor guy could eat, and I'm sure you can relate to this, he was on like a zero protein diet. Like no added protein, just trace protein for a long time. I depends. Obviously, a lot of it depends on kidney levels. I've never been particularly restrictive with my protein. It hasn't caused me any problems. Okay, that's not that's not to say it wouldn't do in somebody else. Um, the basic issue generally is that the glomeri and the, the 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 filtration system in the kidneys gets damaged. They have tears in it. Proteins floating around in your bloodstream. Floating is actually quite a large molecule. It goes through the tears, which you wouldn't normally be able to pass through the regular filtration holes in the kidneys, but it goes through the tears, unfortunately then widening and making the tears bigger. Yeah. That protein then enters your urine, which is why your piss is foamy. And then because you have low protein in your bloodstream, you can't hold water in the bloodstream, so the water then seeps out and goes into the fat cells under the skin, which is why it causes edemia. Hmm. Um, so it's the lack of circulating protein in the bloodstream because you're pissing it out that helps drive forward the edema and the water retention. Um, you basically struggle then to put water where you want it, which is in the muscle cell. Yeah. Um, now, an EGFR of 90 would on the surface of it seem good, so I'm a bit confused as to saying he's got kidney problems, excuse me, if he's recording EGFR of 90, because you wouldn't have, I mean, my EGFR on a good day is 32. 
Okay. So that that's that's kidney problems. Um, and for a long long time, it's been sub thirty. I've, I've finally got it up to thirty two. Actually, nice. bloods in today, so I should oh, yeah. find out in a couple of days if it's any how it is. Um, so. Uh, if there are documented kidney problems, i.e. you've had a scan or whatever, you've had a biopsy and it says, yeah, your kidneys are damaged, then I would not be playing those games. Not at all. Yeah. I think and the right. other thing is, I don't understand the justification, and it seems to be very much an American thing. I don't understand the, the justification of 250 meg a week in, in any setup, really. There's very few people I've found that metabolize at that such a rate that they need such a high dose. The yeah. other I'd be thing curious to know what well, his lab work was. I'd be curious to know what his levels were at that, you know? Well, it's quite strange because uh, the U.S. generally look at 1,000 NGDL as being a decent level. Yeah. We would look at 22, 25N mole as being a decent level. I don't know how that translates. Well, 22 M mole is only about 660 NGDL. Oh, no kidding. What's your, so what's our, your high end? So our high end is 29. Okay, and well, that's a thousands are high end and like 600 would be average. <clears throat> yeah, but you're, you're 22, 23, you're, you're upper end. You know what I mean? You're already in the upper limits. Most people won't go above, naturally, above 25. Okay. Um, the thing is... And this is the bit I find, I'd like to look more into this, but you hear all the time of people in the States running 1,000, 1,200 NGDL on their TRTs. Yeah. Which the equivalent over there would be mid-30s, would be the equivalent to over here. Plus, <clears throat> you get someone running mid-30s over here, and they'll have blood thickening problems, they'll have lower HDL problems, they'll have estrogen problem. But you don't seem to get it in the same way in the U.S. Or if if, the, if you do, I'm not hearing it. Hmm. But, but what you can't do, and this is an important point I was about to try and make, you cannot take the reference range from one country and apply it to somebody in another country. Really? Because those reference ranges are based on the genetic profiling of the populace of that country. They're based on national averages. Huh, Okay. So it is possible that stateside, the national average of testosterone is higher than UK side. Hmm. In the same way as the red blood cell range for a, someone from Pakistan has a much higher upper limit than the red blood cell range from somebody who's white Caucasian UK based. Does that have to do with like elevation or anything? No, it's just cultures, genetics of the different populaces. Huh. Okay. So it is. I, so many people in the UK go out. Well, I'm, they get their information from American sites. Yeah, but it isn't relative to your genetic pool. Huh. So the levels that American sites state are for the American populace. They are not for the Brits. All right, we had one here about autoimmune stuff, which I always Ooh. find very interesting. It says uh, you guys crack me up with those comments and nigh on a tenner. Hey, Dave, I got two coffees. Guess how much it cost? Nine a tenner. Not buying coffee anymore. I, I heard that. Somebody told you told me that a couple, couple episodes ago. Now, how's your mm -hmm. fund, your, your coffee fund going now? I don't know. Not even counting yet, huh? Wife just takes it all. <laughs> Question for the next uh, drugs and stuff. 
uh, have you guys dealt with any clients on anti-inflammatory or anti-TNF drugs for autoimmune diseases? Did you notice any interactions or complications? Uh, would you have any tips for, for anything to look out for with these types of meds in either off-season or contest uh, prep type cycles? HRT, at least, is common for males in this space, in my experience. I, I don't. The one thing I will say is elevated testosterone levels increases TNF. Um, and this actually links back with the last guy, because if you've got kidney problems, you don't want elevated TNF. Okay. So that's another reason why using gear while with kidney problems is a bad idea, because of the elevation of TNF. So I would suspect that, though I don't think there's an interaction, that the anti-TNF drugs would... There may be a possible complication around TNF levels being elevated by the gear, and you may need to regulate that with an increased dose of the anti-TNF drugs. But that's proper spitballing that out yeah. from the little bit that I do know. I can tell him this, man, that autoimmune issues can be really, really difficult to work with with bodybuilding. I've dealt mm -hmm. with a number of, especially females, but some males that have autoimmune stuff. And it's interesting because if they have one autoimmune thing, they tend to have more autoimmune things. Um, and I, I've even had people that have just like minor stuff like, like, uh, Renards. And one of the things I've done is I've said like, Hey, if you notice that your Renards is kicking up, then let me know, because that gives us a sign that your body's stressed right now. You know, I think the number one thing to be able to make progress with autoimmune issues is focusing on stress. And being able to keep yourself in like the lowest stress, make sure you get enough rest, make sure that you like if you are in a stress situation, because like we have to still go to work every day. But if you are and it's a stressful period of time, then you need to also like work just as hard to fight that stress, meaning that you unwind at night, you know, that you go to bed on time, that you try to get extra sleep during those phases. You know, you don't you don't put yourself in a position where you're like watching a an action-packed thriller movie right before bed. You know what I mean? Like the good sleep hygiene stuff, all of that. And, you know, because I have found that, like, your body will just, like, lock up. And it can be really hard to make fat loss progress when, like, an autoimmune issue is kicking up. So I'll say that. And I'll also add, we've talked before multiple times on Muscle Minds about anti-inflammatory drugs and how they can cancel out your ability to grow muscle uh so if you're using a lot of anti-inflammatory drugs and you keep them away from away from training if possible that would be beneficial and being on gear is probably going to kind of cancel out that effect because when we train we're creating an inflammation and, and if you shut that process down you can you can you know retard the growth that could have happened and yeah you can use the r word in that case dave Right. Yeah, the I mean, obviously, inflammation markers are an essential part of triggering muscle response to growth. So if you if you're slamming them because you're taking shitloads of anti-inflammatories, you're right. You'll you'll cripple the growth response to trainer. Yeah. Oh, I got a good one. Good one. We'll finish ah. up. We'll finish on this one. Yep. Hold on. No question. Depressed, going through a breakup. Doing a blast and getting jacked. Great idea, right? 
Oh, this this is a difficult one. Um, Thank you, Chase. I've I used to make my best progress in my younger younger days every time I split up with a girlfriend. <laughs> Because I used to go in that gym and smash the fuck out of my belt. You had something to prove, right? You're like, I'm going to show the world. There was an element of that, and there was also an element of relieving frustration and tension and everything else that went with it. Yeah, yeah. So from a point of view of training, it's a good outlet. The anabolic side of it can be a double-edged sword. Yeah. Obviously, anabolics, we know they mess with the mind. We know they mess with hormone levels. Uh, and if you're already not in a good place, the antibiotics can either accentuate that and make that place even worse, or they can send you the other way and improve it. But it is very person dependent and to a degree drug dependent as well. Yeah. Um, I would definitely not be advising using something like anandrolone um, or an 19 if you're already in a depressive state. Yeah, um, I think I think that's going to be a recipe for disaster. But you know, some test and mass that that could that could improve your frame of mind. Full stop. But yeah, difficult one. Uh, I, I I wouldn't like to say either way. I remember going through a breakup, and uh, the guy who had helped me—I'd call him my coach. I uh, thought you were about to say the guy that dumped me then. <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, he, you know, he knew, he knew what was up. He knew about my relationship and stuff. And, and he, he gave me this advice. He said, listen, and he was like, just real cut and dry about everything. He's like, just keep going to the gym. I was like, I was like, well, what if I can't eat? He's like, I don't care. Just go to the gym, train. If you can't eat, I think- train. If you can't sleep, still get in the gym, still train. Obviously be careful, but just keep going to the gym. And guess what? I did that. And and I worked through things and I felt better, like you're saying, and I eventually did get on gear. But I think that you need to get into a position where you can foster like a good, healthy, like I want to be able to, you, if you're going to grow, you got to be able to eat food, right? So if you're depressed and you're not hungry and you're not eating, then taking the gear isn't going to be optimal at that time. But hey, I don't know, man, maybe that'll get you motivated. Maybe it'll pull you out of it and be like, I don't care. I'm just going to eat my food. I'm going to, you know, so maybe you get more aggressive that way. That could happen. But I'm with you, man. I'd like stay away from things. 19 nors, like no trend, no DECA, nothing like that. Real mild, maybe test cycle, test mass, something like that. And then find another chick that you can release some aggression on too. Yeah, I think the training thing, creating structure and remaining in a routine of structure will help pull you through. Yeah. When when you're you you feel like everything around you is lost because it gives you even if you just do it automatically and you just do it out of routine and you yeah. just do it because it's what you do, it keeps you moving, it keeps you structured, it keeps you organized and that will pull you through dark times. Where if you didn't have that, you would be lost spinning around in circles, not knowing where you were going or what you were doing. Agreed. hundred percent. Yeah. I've made some really good progress in that breakup. Like I moved up a weight class in the next like uh, 12, 18 months. I went from competing at 172 to competing at like 189, no 192. So it was like, it was a, it was a pretty big jump. Actually, no, it was 194, but I should have been about 190. Like, I was a little bit too soft still. 
that year. So yeah, but I went from 172 to 194 in in about a 12, 18 month period. It was the next season. So anyway, yeah. That's all we got, Dave. I mean, we probably had more, but that's all we had time for. Good, I need to pee. You gonna go retire now? For the day? Uh, no, I've got, what have I got to do? I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine questions, two, two tests of plans, um, a cycle plan, Yikes. and then I need to go on the system and check, see if any bullets have come back in. And the lab has tried ringing me, so I need to ring the lab and see what's going on. All right. We'll let Dave go to ring the lab. Thanks again, guys, for hanging out with us. If you want to uh, ask questions, then comment below on YouTube. We will tackle them on the next episode. If you're new here, let me encourage you to subscribe because we have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. You can see Dave's lovely face all the time, plus a bunch of other people, too. Go to Strom Sports Nutrition to get supplements from the UK. Uh, you can get uh, Support Max. He's got that garlic garlic stuff what's that garlic product what is kale that? and garlic um so kale and garlic has shown to be very very beneficial to your heart we're thinking we might want to do that as the giveaway for the contest so if you guys have any other contest ideas we need to get this thing rolling so throw them at us go to true if you're in the u.s use our code think for high quality third-party tested all sorts of supplements but especially their protein powders all sorts of them there and go to supplementsource.ca for your Canadians. Yeah. I was thinking four bottles of Decker and three bottles of Test myself as a prize. Why Why are we giving them garlic? That's what Rich is going to send out? No, they're not vampires, though. Can you... No, but I mean the Test and Decker. Rich, you're going to get Rich to send Test and Decker out for a prize. That's what you're telling me right now. I don't think he's going to want to do that. I don't think Strom's going is it legal gonna, in the U no. in the UK? You can't you no. can't give gear away. No, but if, what if it's not for sale? Oh. Still past the supply. Okay. No, I'm doing a podcast with Rick on Thursday. What's the podcast? He just wants nothing major. He just I think he's part of the strong cast, but apparently he messaged me and said he was he was going through some old stuff and he found a podcast of when we were first setting Eval up and how Eval was just going to be a sideline to Crosslands and it wasn't going to be anything major and this, that, and the other. And he said, he just basically said, look, a lot's changed. Okay, do you mind doing one where you can bring us back up to speed? Hell yeah. That's awesome. So man. it was like, yeah, no problem. So I'm just, just where we are um, mainly. Um, and let's say I have a meeting Thursday, which could be... Tell me after the show, Dave. I want to know about the meeting. No, I'm telling you nothing. He wanted me to say that. All right, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Go over to evilbloodanalysis.com. Get your lab work done by Dave. And, of course, hit us up. You can go to go to uh, just Instagram or Facebook. You can message Dave there. Hit me up, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. We'd be happy to talk about coaching. For another episode of Drugs and Stuff, we shall see you soon. Thanks, David. And I, I know and you don't. I know and you don't. <laughs>